Hi, you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. And no, we're not trying to sell you anything. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Horror, mystery, comedy, sci-fi, fantasy, action, drama, westerns, suspense, and more. The Sonic Society. It's like a library coming to life in your brain. But not in a creepy scanners kind of way. Fragmented Time Lord in! Fly away, David Ops! Now, now, no need to shove. Yes, there's no need for rudeness. Even villains of video should have some manners. How much longer? Longer? Yes, before your master plan. My master plan? If you remember, I'm the David from the past. I thought you came to rescue me. Well, there wasn't much time for Jack and I to devise a plan. Jack? How is he? Uh, a little... well... Thinner might be the word. Are we nearly in place for Narada Radio? Yes, Supreme Leader Vindrax. Then prepare to fire the YouTube for maximum dissolution. Written in the style of magazines your grandfather used to hide from your grandmother, this is Potpourri Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Good evening, this is Pete Lutz. At this, the approximate midpoint of our second season, we present something different, a completely original play written by somebody other than myself. Tonight's tale is by Mike Murphy, who has had more than a hundred plays produced since he started writing audio dramas, and we are very pleased to present his science fiction thriller, This Guy Walks Into a Bar. It was originally produced for Misfits Audio in 2011 and was specially adapted for Pulpery Theater by yours truly. And we'll begin this unusual story after this brief word. You're listening to Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. It's coming to your town, and it's not waiting until Christmas! Ma'am, we found your teenage daughter dead on the beach, dressed only in a fuzzy green bikini. May I see her, please, officer? Sure, she's right here under this blanket. Wait, that's not a bikini. 
Oh my God, it's Chia! Propellant Pictures presents Revenge of the Chia, the night they got even. Starring Jessica O'Hare as world-famous botanist Shirley Sternley. Ladies and gentlemen, please! I'll fight this terrible scourge with everything I have. My poor daughter will not have died in vain. Dr. Sturdley, we've been told that the Chia outbreak is currently confined to major cities that have a lot of Walmart stores. What do you think the cause of this plague actually is? We have a strong suspicion that it started in landfills where hundreds of thousands of Chia pets end up every year, right after the Christmas holidays. The first victim is believed to have been a sanitation worker. Huh? Dang dungeon quit on me. Better take a look at it. What's that? Ah! Don't wait for it to come to you. See Repellent Pictures, Revenge of the Chia, now playing at all fine cinemas. Welcome back to This Guy Walks Into a Bar. Mike Murphy's thrilling science fiction tale, tonight's episode of Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Have you ever visited Fitz's Bar and Grill in New York City? The owner, Sean Fitzgerald, is a big, amiable lug in his mid-fifties who still tends bar some afternoons. Sean says he runs a respectable place. Fitz's Bar and Grill is clean, pleasant, friendly, and popular, and the shepherd's pie is not to be missed. It's shortly after lunchtime when Sean sees the strange little man stagger into the bar. He looks to be in his late thirties. His thinning black hair has a slightly disheveled comb over. He hasn't shaved in a day or two, and his eyes look glassy. He's wearing a nice suit, but it's wrinkled and dirty like he's been sleeping in it. The stranger looks around the bar nervously. He has a confused expression on his face, and he rubs his eyes a few times as if he's not sure of what he's seeing. I am a pilgrim and I, I am not wanted here. Well, I walk the same roads you do, and you do not find me there. May I help you, sir? Uh, excuse me? I asked if I could help you. Who are you? The name's Sean Fitzgerald. This is my bar. Um... Can I get you something, Mr... Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew Wilson. Uh, Matt! I'm pleased to know you, Matt. Call me Sean. Why don't you come over to the bar for a drink? Thanks anyway, Sean, but uh, I, don't, I don't drink. Club soda? Water? Water? W- water would be good. Coming right up. There you are. One water. Ah. 
you all right? I, I'm okay. I, I was really thirsty. Well, here, have another. You seem lost, Matt, if you don't mind me saying. You'll get no argument from me. I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of confused. About what? This place. All these people. What's so confusing about a bar full of people? I'm not following you. I've got nothing against your bar or your patrons. It's simply that they shouldn't be here. No? Why is that, my boy? Because they're dead. They were, they were all killed yesterday when the city was destroyed. Everybody's heard at least one joke that begins with the line, This guy walks into a bar. However, what's going on at Fitz's bar is no laughing matter. Matt Wilson's confusion stems from the fact that the bar is standing and all the patrons are very much alive. Why does he believe all these people should be dead? What does he think happened to them yesterday that now apparently has been reversed? Let's find out what's happening with this particular guy who walked into this particular bar. What is this you're saying? My customers aren't really alive? This is why I'm confused. The city was destroyed yesterday. Every person in it was killed. Every building was leveled. I hate to disagree with a man, Matt, but... This bar is real. Solid. So is that glass you're holding. The water you've been drinking. Look around. See my regulars eating, drinking, and talking? They're all very much alive. I hear what you're saying, but I know the city was destroyed. The facts... Don't back up your story, son. I know what I saw. So, what happened? Terrorism? Some kind of accident? What? The Althusians did it. The who? The Althusians. I don't believe I've ever heard of them. I'm not surprised. I had never had either. They're an alien race that arrived on Earth yesterday. You don't say. You think I'm nuts, don't you? Now, it's not my place to think that, my boy. I offer no opinion until I've heard all the facts. So please, continue. You were talking about the aliens, these Hoosians? Right, the Althusians. They arrived here in more than a dozen huge ships. They parked over many of the major cities, New York, Washington, London, Paris... The ships blotted out the sun like an eclipse. Then the alien who called itself Mebla made the announcement. It, it, it preempted every radio and TV station. Creatures of Earth, I am Mebla, creator of the Arthusian Empire. The ships you now see above your cities are but a tiny fraction of our space fleet. I warn you that each vessel is heavily armed. We have come here to inform you of our Empire's decision on the fate of your planet. We, the Arthusians, are now the masters of all your life forms. Beginning with this day, you will serve us. No dissension will be tolerated. If you obey, you will find we can be benevolent. We desire no harm to befall our new world or to our servants. I can't imagine that went over well with the big boys. No, it didn't. 
Eventually, the government of the U.S. and some other nations launched missile strikes on the ships. The missiles caused no damage, not so much as a scratch. Now that's not possible. I saw it. Mebla made another announcement after the attacks. that, despite our warning, you have attempted to defy us. You had your chance to receive our great benevolence. The fate of your world is now certain. Due to your display of aggression, a demonstration of our superiority is now in order. It was then that the ship over the city fired its its heat ray blast. We'll return to our presentation of This Guy Walks Into a Bar by Mike Murphy after this brief word. You're listening to Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. As a special feature of Pulpery Theater, we have sent blonde, blue-eyed Philboyd Stodge, our staff reporter, out to a restaurant in Sandusky, Ohio, that reportedly has an unusual menu. Are you ready in Sandusky, Philboyd? All right now, from Sandusky, Ohio, we give it over to Philboyd Stodge. This is blonde, blue-eyed Philboyd Stutch coming to you from the beautiful historic warehouse district of Sandusky on the southern shore of Lake Erie, one of the Great Lakes, as we all know, uh, and... Could we get on with it, please? Oh, I'm sorry, Tommy. Folks, that voice you just heard is our engineer, Tommy. He wants me to get on with our interview, so why don't we do just that? I'm standing here in Sandusky, Ohio, in a restaurant that reportedly has a very unusual menu. Sir, are you the owner, sir? Yes, that's right. Sam Smirnoff. That's my name. Like the vodka? Like the what? Never mind. Uh, Mr. Smirnoff, for the benefit of our listeners at home, what is the name of your restaurant? I'm very glad you asked me that question, Mr. Uh... Studge. Yes, that's right. I call my restaurant the PB&J Grill. The PB&J Grill? <laughs> and I suppose all you serve is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Well, what's so funny? Well, it just struck me as rather comical, a restaurant offering nothing but peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> but uh, let's move on, Mr. Smirnoff. What exactly is on your menu? I'm proud to say that we serve nothing but the finest peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh. Uh, well, uh, tell me more, please. Well, if you look up at the big menu board here on the south wall, you'll see that our patrons can take their choice from either smooth peanut butter or the ever-popular chunk style. And right there, you can see that we offer five types of jelly. We got your grape, your strawberry. Those are the reliable standards, you know. We also got your raspberry, your apricot. And just in case you want to have something different, something unusual, we got your boysenberry. That is unusual, yes. Uh, how about... Well, well, wait. I ain't done yet. In the summer, we offer a sixth choice. Apple butter. That's homemade from my grandmother's recipe. 
You ever had a peanut butter and apple butter sandwich? <laughs> no? Well, it's like heaven, buddy. So now, look up there on the far right of the menu board, and you can see we offer seven different kinds of bread. Seven? Wow, I... Yeah, seven. We got your whole wheat, your multigrain, your pumpernickel, your Italian, your Kaiser roll, and, of course, the kitty's favorite, the plain old everyday enriched white bread. Ah, well, that was only six, Mr. Smirnoff, and you said seven. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We also have the, uh, focaccia bread. Focaccia? That's what I said. Uh, yes, of course. Well, I can see you've got a pretty sizable staff of sandwich makers, Mr. Smirnoff, but not too many customers right now. Is there a reason for that? Yeah. The main reason is because you scheduled this interview for 9.30 in the morning, and I don't really open for business until 11. That guy sitting over there isn't a customer, actually. It's my bum brother-in-law. He comes in to get any sandwiches left over from the day before. Hiya, Sammy! Yeah, will you just get your stuff and get out of here, Frank? Anyway, where was I? You were telling me that you open at 11 a.m. and... Yeah, yeah, and we have a big lunch rush every day, starting at about 11.15. Lots of guys from the warehouses come over, get the sandwiches, you know. Location is everything down here. And, of course, for a lot of people, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich brings back memories of days gone by. When they might bring a good old PB&J in their school lunch or have a... Say, that reminds me. I don't see a grilled peanut butter and jelly on your menu. No, well, I'm not surprised. We don't offer that type of sandwich here. But you call yourself the PB&J Grill. I just naturally assume that... Look, what are you driving at? Well, I just... Are you accusing me of shady business practices or something? I've been in business in this part of town for 15 years, and nobody's ever asked me to make him a grilled peanut butter and jelly. You come in here with your microphone and your big mouth, and let me tell you, mister, I don't much appreciate it. I think you should leave before I get physical here. Uh, uh well, uh, nobody wants you to get physical, Mr. Smirnoff, so I'll just back away slowly, and my engineer and I will leave. Uh, please, don't hurt me. No, 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 wait. Sorry, I lost my temper there. It's... It's not you. It's my wife's brother over there. He, he lives with us and hasn't worked in five years. It's got me on edge all the time. He, Frankie, get in the back, you no-good bum! Get out of here! I'm sick and tired to death of you sleeping on my couch and petting my dog. So, that's it for me here in Sandusky, Ohio. And on behalf of Sam Smirnoff, the owner of the PB&J Grill, this is Bill Boyd Studge sending it back to the studio. Ow! Welcome back to This Guy Walks Into a Bar, tonight's episode of Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. When we left off, bar owner Sean Fitzgerald was listening to the strange story of Matt Wilson, the guy who walked into his bar. Sean appreciates a good yarn as much as the next guy, so even though he's finding it hard to believe Matt's account of the last couple days, he leans in close so as not to miss a single word. It was then that the ship over the city fired its its heat ray blast. Ah! 
crumbled into rubble. People fell to the street, their skin bubbling until they died. It was horrible. What did you do? I wandered the streets for some time. I found no life of any kind, not so much as a bird. I guess I finally collapsed, exhausted. Why were you spared the effects of the weapon? I have no idea. I've been trying to figure that out. It also seems that no one else remembers what happened yesterday but me. I know I don't. There's been no mention of anything in the papers or on the TV. I can't understand it. It's like nothing happened. I don't know how you can put all those pieces back together again. How how you can bring all the dead back to life. Maybe no one had to. What do you mean, Sean? Isn't it possible that you imagined it all? Don't you think I've thought of that? That was the first thing that came to my mind. But why would I do that? What would be the cause? I wish I had some answers for you, my boy. What happened to the spaceships? I don't know. They, they seem to have gone away. Now that you've heard my story, Sean, what, what do you think? Well... You said that you needed to hear all the facts before you made a decision. I did say that, didn't I? Well, quite frankly, it's, it's tough to believe. You're telling me. Look, there's no proof. Everything seems normal. The bar is fine. We're both fine. And, and so are my customers. I doubt that anyone else we know of remembers the things you do. Couldn't it all have been a bad dream? I've wondered that, but I, I don't think so. If it were a dream, I've never had one so vivid. Also, look at me. Uh-huh. Look at this suit. Feel it. Hmm. Nice material. I buy only the best. I'm very particular about my appearance. I wouldn't leave the house like this, unshaven and in a wrinkled suit. Something must have happened which made me look like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll have to take your word for that. Since we never met before today, but I admit that at first glance... I thought maybe you'd tied one on. I haven't had a drop of this stuff in years. I don't drink anymore, and I don't do drugs. So you said. Well, good for you. Sean, what, what do you remember about today? What do you mean? Do you remember the whole day? Sure. When did you wake up? Uh, my regular time, half past six. What did you have for breakfast? What's this about? Could you, could you please humor me? What was your day like before we met? Well, let's see. Like I said, I got out of bed, I showered, I shaved. My Nancy made me breakfast. Bacon and eggs. And then? I opened up at ten, and you came in a little afternoon. Nothing special. I was afraid of that. Why? If you can remember the day in such detail, it makes my story seem less plausible. I'm sorry, Matt. No, don't be sorry. You've been very helpful. I guess what I really needed was someone to talk to. Never let it be said that Sean Fitzgerald didn't help a man in need. Do you live close by? Yeah, pretty close. My advice would be a hot shower and a nice nap. You'll feel better afterwards. (laughs) I think you're right. Oh, no. What's wrong? What day is it? Tuesday. Look at the time. I'm supposed to be at work. Mr. Marks isn't going to be happy. What do you do for a living? I'm an advertising executive with Marks and Weber. Or I was. I was supposed to be there 
God, nearly four hours ago. Oh, dear. I've probably been fired by now. You'd better call. What can I say? Yeah, that is a toughie. Hmm, uh, I guess you better be sick. I suppose so. How about... Your fever just broke, and you only just now realize the time. I don't know if Mr. Marks would believe that. He's pretty sharp. You're in advertising. Doesn't it all depend on how well you sell the story? You're right. Well, my my cell phone still works. I guess that's just another sign that I imagined all of this. It's a good sign. Why don't you call from my office? You'll not want the boss hearing the sounds of my bar in the background. Wilson, my boy, we're getting worried about you. I'm sorry, Mr. Marks. <coughs> I must have caught some kind of bug at the office. You know how that happens. Hmm. Well, Bill Drake was ill last week. Maybe I got it from him, sir. <coughs> I must have had a fever all night. I just woke up. I slept right through the alarm. I'm, I'm covered in sweat. That's too bad. Well, I hope your bug is gone for good. Uh, I'm feeling better. I think I'm just going to take a quick shower and try to get some rest. That's probably the best thing for you, my boy. I should be fine for tomorrow. I hope so. You do remember that we had that meeting with the people from Shaw's Suits at 10 o'clock. Uh, don't worry, Mr. Marks. I haven't forgotten. My files are all set, and I'll be there. <laughs> good, good. You know we're counting on your savvy to take this account from Muir and Malloy. I'll do my absolute best, sir. I- I'll see you at the meeting, if not before. Feel better, Wilson. Thank you. I will. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Marks. <laughs> well? Ah, oh, he bought it. Good for you. You were right. It all depends on how you sell it. (laughs) I should have realized that after all my years in the business. I'm glad it worked. Now you head home and get some rest. It'll do you a world of good. Thank you, Sean, for everything. You're welcome, my boy. Think nothing of it. Let me get you a little something for later. It'll be good for what ails you. There you are. A little chicken soup that my Nancy makes. You warm that up for dinner. Mm mm. <laughs> but I warn you, you'll be wanting more when it's gone. Haha, <laughs> well, I know where to get some more. That you do. No, 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 no. Put your money away. With, with all that you've done for me, I couldn't possibly. Nancy and I insist. I'll tell you what, when you're feeling better, stop in for a bite, uh, bring some friends along. You've got a deal. Go on now. We'll see you again soon. Thanks again, and and so long. We'll return to our presentation of This Guy Walks Into a Bar by Mike Murphy after this brief word. You're listening to Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company.
Mondays are for drama on the Turnbuckle Television Cartel, and another episode of the hit series, Emergency Apothecary, starring Armando Nefertiti as handsome, young Russ Buckhalter, an ex-Navy SEAL turned pharmacist who's still upholding his oath to protect and defend the weak and helpless. In this week's installment, Russ is inventorying the ice cream freezer when a distinguished older man and his adult daughter come in with a special prescription. Hello. I'm sure you can tell from my expensive, elegantly tailored clothing that I'm a distinguished older man. And this is my adult daughter, who is still living with her mother and me at the age of 37. Honk, honk, honk. All of her life, she's had a terrible speech impediment that's prevented her from speaking actual words. We've been to doctors and specialists all over the world to no avail. Not a single one of them could determine what exactly was wrong with her. (laughs) And so we've given up. My wife and I have resigned ourselves to the fact that our daughter will never be whole, will never be married. (laughs) And so today, I come to you to get this special prescription filled for my toenail fungus. I'm sorry, sir. I was so busy inventorying the ice cream freezer, I didn't hear anything you just said. That's perfectly all right. Hello. I'm sure you can tell from my expensive, elegantly tailored... Let me just shut the freezer door, and I'll come closer so I can hear you. Whoops! Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I seem to have fallen on top of you, miss. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. What? Mary, you spoke! After all these years, you spoke! I always could, Father, but I just never had anything to say before now. (laughs) And you, young man, I've heard that you were once a Navy SEAL turned pharmacist. How can I thank you for coming to the rescue of my daughter, who up to now was weak and helpless? (laughs) No thanks are necessary, sir. Just part of the oath I swore, long ago, to uphold. Well... I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you've done. And now, if you'd be so kind as to get up off my daughter, I still have this prescription I'd like to get filled. Oh, yes, sir. Sir, your daughter doesn't seem to want to let go of me. I'll need her to let go of me if you want your prescription filled, because only authorized personnel are allowed behind the prescription counter. Oh, yes, of course. Now, Mary, let go of the nice man. No, uh, Ma- Mary, no. please, get, get up. Daddy. Let, let me go of you, please. I really need this prescription filled. Remember, that's Drama Monday on the Turnbuckle Television Cartel and Emergency Apothecary, right after the new social media comedy, The Many Likes of Larry Likely on TTC. Welcome back to This Guy Walks Into a Bar, tonight's episode of Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. When we left off, Matt Wilson, the guy who walked into the bar, had just finished telling his strange story to the bar's owner, Sean Fitzgerald. Sean took pity on Matt, gave him some soup, and sent him home to get some rest. Matt then stepped out to the street to head home, and as soon as he was out the door, he screamed in abject terror. 
What did he see that made him scream? Matt, frozen to the spot with fear, is unable to move, unable to speak. But we can hear his thoughts. It's an Althusian. It, it has to be. I, I'd only heard the announcements. I'd never seen one before. But it has to be one. He, he or, or it, is more than seven feet tall. A hideous triangular head rests on a, a very short neck. The, the flesh of its face is a slimy grayish green with two glowing triangular eyes. No nose and, and a mouth curled back to show sharp fangs. It's wearing a long white rope that touches the floor, hiding its body completely. Something my hand as I turn back in horror to the bar room. Sean, it's here! An Althusian! Sean! Sean! Sean? He's not moving. No, no one. No one's moving. What have you done to them? I have merely frozen them in time. They will be unharmed when I choose to release them. It's you, Mebla. I, I recognize your voice from the announcements. Yes, I am Mebla, Praetor of the Althusian Empire, and you are Matthew Wilson. You, you know me? We do. Then it all really happened. The, the ships, the destruction, the deaths, everything? It happened. But everything is back to normal now. How is this possible? We wished it so. I mentioned our benevolence in my announcements to your fellow Earthlings. We took away and we gave back. Such things are in our power. You can control life and death? With ease. But why was I spared? You were not. You died with the others. What? But I remember everything. I remember walking the ruined streets. I remember the people lying dead. That is because we resurrected you before anyone else. Why? We require your assistance. You need me? Yes. Do not attempt to run, Matthew Wilson. I can easily cause your death a second time. Uh, How did you know what I was thinking? The human mind is so easy to read. It is simplistic compared to the Arthusian brain. Mind reading is mere child's play to us. Why do you need me? After our act of retaliation for your race's aggression, the Althusian Council decided that such a show of force was too great a response for so feeble an attack. After all, your missiles were but a minor annoyance to us, much like an insect would be to you. The Council decided that we should return your world to the way it was. So, so your, your plans for Earth are off? Oh no, certainly not. We shall conquer your planet. There is only one change. We will do so with your assistance. What? You expect me to help you take over my entire planet and enslave everyone on it? You will aid us. You're out of your mind-reading minds. How do you suggest I do it? You are engaged in an occupation known as advertising, are you not? I I am. What's that got to do with anything? Such a concept is unique to your planet. If we Althusians understand the term correctly, your business is to convince consumers to acquire what your clients wish them to acquire, regardless of whether it is good for them or bad for them, correct? In a derogatory sense, yes. Then, beginning today, the Althusian Empire is your client. Come again? You shall, through whatever advertising means necessary, Convince the people of Earth that it will be better for them to peacefully accept us as their masters. (laughs) You've got to be kidding. Not at all. We wish to be benevolent. If one of your people dies, that means one less servant available for an Althusian. Oh, how magnanimous of you. We prefer to avoid bloodshed and not use our ship's weaponry again. But your ships are gone. They are exactly where they always were. 
We have simply made them invisible to human eyes and to the detecting devices of your scientists. In truth, this structure is in the shadow of my ship. You can't really think that using advertising, I'll be able to convince billions of people to willingly become your slaves. If you refuse and we are met with aggression again, we will have no choice but to destroy the city and all its inhabitants permanently. The blood of all those people who could have led happy, productive lives as Althusian servants will be on your hands. I I'm imagining this. It can't be happening. I assure you that it is. Do not risk failing your world and its people. This is their final chance and yours. If it were up to me, you pitiable earthlings would not be getting this second chance. The Althusian Council outvoted me. It was not my choice to grant this reprieve. Thanks a lot. You have one Earth week. A week? Seven of your days. Is this sufficient? <laughs> it doesn't matter how much time you give me. A week, a year, it can't be done. Why is that? I won't be able to convince anyone to willingly enslave himself. It would be demeaning. Service to the Athusians will be honorable. It will bring meaning to the lives of you puny earthlings. We puny earthlings already think our lives have meaning, thank you. And why do you feel that we need you to decide our futures for us? We can decide these things on our own. The strong have always ruled over the weak. So should it be. It won't work, Mebla. My people won't accept servitude, and they will resist. Then the consequences are inevitable. Still, one week, Mr. Wilson, I will find you. Mebla! Wait! Mebla, come back! Matt, what's going on? What's all the fuss? Oh, you dropped your suit. I'll get you some more. Did you see it? See what? The Althusian! Mebla! It was just here, right here in the doorway. It just disappeared. Hmm? You must have seen it. I didn't see anything. He opened the door, screamed, and dropped the soup. That's all. There wasn't time for anything else. Now let me clean that up, and I'll get you some more. Forget the soup! Don't, don't you understand? It, it was here, Mebla, the Althusian! Over seven feet tall, green-skinned, wearing a, a long white robe. Oh, God! Everything I said was real! I know that now! It, it's all really happened, and they're going to do it all over again! Please, Matt. You're disturbing my customers. Is there a problem here, Sean? I think there might be, Kevin. Uh, who are you? I'm Officer McGilligotty. I'm going to ask you nicely, son, to lower your voice and calm down. But you don't understand. Neither of you understands. The aliens are going to come back. I've only got a week. If, if I don't do what they say, they're going to kill everyone all over again. Who are these aliens he's talking about, son? Illegal ones? Green ones. From outer space. Something the poor boy has imagined. They're real. One of them was here only a moment ago. Sure, Matt. Sure. I've got to go. I've got lots to do and only a week to do it in. Not so fast, me buck. First, you calm yourself down and stop being a public nuisance. You get your hands off me! Stop it now. Hold up there. Calm down, Matt. Please. That's it, son. You're coming to the station with me. For what? Assaulting an officer of the law, for starters. Drunk and disorderly, too. I'm not drunk! He's only had one water here. Then, plain disorderly. You're still coming with me. Sean, uh, help me! T tell him! Tell him about the aliens! Matt, my boy, you have the right to remain silent. 
Let go of me. You don't understand. I don't have time for this. I need to talk with the mayor, the governor, the president. Sure you do. We'll call them all from the station house. I'm sure they'll all come right over. Help! Sean! It's gonna happen again! Sean! Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. I tried to help you, Matt. Matt, I really tried. We'll be back with the conclusion of Mike Murphy's exciting tale, This Guy Walks Into a Bar, after this brief word. You're listening to Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. This segment of Pulpery Theater is brought to you by Uncle Laszlo's Pancake Kibbutz, located on MLK Junior Drive in downtown Redlawn. What, what, are we on? We're running? Okay. Hello, my friends. Uncle Laszlo here, asking the question, when you have a yen for blintzes, who do you think of first? Your mama? Your sweet old bubba? Or do you think of your Uncle Laszlo? Of course you do. And at Uncle Laszlo's Pancake Kibbutz, do we have blintzes? We got them with cheese. We got them with nice sweet cherries. We got them with bacon. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, just kidding. And right now, it's Blintz Week at Uncle Laszlo's Pancake Kibbutz, so you can enjoy one free Blintz of your choice with any entree. Or if you want to take away, you can buy five Blintzes and get one free. It's crazy time here at Uncle Laszlo's Pancake Kibbutz, so come on down and take advantage of me. In a nice way, I mean. <laughs> Come on down and see your old Uncle Laszlo. Don't mind the mess. It was my nephew's bar mitzvah last weekend, the little putz. His mother never makes him clean up anything. Welcome back to This Guy Walks Into a Bar, our tale of alien world domination by Mike Murphy. Right before the break, poor Matt Wilson was hauled off to the pokey by Officer Kevin McGillicuddy. A few days have gone by, and the patrolman finds his way into Fitz's place again. <sighs> Pour me one, please, Sean. Kevin, good to see you again. It's nice to have a day off, believe me. Many thanks. Say... I heard some news about that friend of yours today. Hmm? The guy I had removed from the bar. The the one who kept saying that the aliens were coming. Ah, you mean, uh, Matt. (laughs) That was the name. It's been a few days, hasn't it? Uh, What's up with him? He's being tended to by the county shrink. Some of my mates at the jail tell me that he barely sleeps. He keeps yelling about how the aliens are coming back, and that only he can save the whole planet. The poor man. I tried to help him. I guess I failed. Will you let me know how young Matt is doing from time to time? Hmm, sure. Ah, I've worried about him. He seems too young to be out of his head, poor boy. If Matt Wilson's story has been true all along, and the Althusians are holding him to that week, then Sean won't have to spend many more days worrying about the younger man's welfare, will he? 
We'll be back next time with another story. I hope. You have been listening to This Guy Walks Into a Bar, the sixth program of the Pulpery Theater's second season, starring the Narada Radio Company. Featured in the cast were, in order of appearance, Bo Kratz as Sean Fitzgerald, Christian Ferris as Matt Wilson, Nancy Bueller as Mebla, Jack Ward as Mr. Marks, and Nick Womack as Officer McGillicuddy. Filling in on announcer duty for our lovely and talented regular announcer, Lisa Ayala, was your obedient servant, Pete Lutz. Tonight's story was an original play by Mike Murphy. It was adapted just a tiny bit for the Pulpery Theater series by the director and producer of this program, Old What's-His-Name. Tune in again next time when we go back to the pulps with a sexy thriller entitled Nymph of Damnation, based on a short story by William B. Rainey. That's next time on Pulpery Theater. Seek what is not there. Well, I seek what is not there. Well, I seek what is not there. Additional voice characterizations by. Eileen Corpos as Jessica O'Hare in Revenge of the Chia, Nick Womack as Sam Smirnoff in the Phil Boyd Studge interview, Micah Blaine as Armando Nefertiti, Andres Elizondo II as The Man, and Nancy Gogler as The Daughter in Emergency Apothecary, and Pete Lutz as everybody else. The music for tonight's episode was sourced from the public domain and included selections by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and by the Water Tower Bucket Boys. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time on Pulpery Theater when we present a science fiction tale by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. entitled To Be R, Not To Be. That's next time on Pulpery Theater. The preceding production was sourced from materials in the public domain except where indicated. The audio play script and the production itself are original works and are the property of their creator and thus protected by copyright. This production was pre-recorded and mixed at 63 Audio, Corpus Christi, Texas. Remember, Pulpuri Theater is your source for the best in audio drama. This has been a 63 Audio production. Summer Stock. Get your Summer Stock Playhouse. Jack, is is that you? What are you doing in that ghetto? Oh, 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 you mean this? Well, yes, the dog costume, but also the sandwich board. Sandwich board? Can't you read it? Well, it looks, um, it's upside down. Oh, that's... That's only because I wrote it while I was wearing it. It says, come to Summerstock Playhouse 2015. Summerstock Playhouse.
But that's our summer season, where we like to ask our favourite audio drama companies to recreate an old-time radio script with their contemporary cast and put it on the summer stock stage. But what are you wearing the costume for? I thought that maybe we needed a mascot. A mascot? Sure! Poochers, the summer stock schnauzer. Schnauzer. Well, it's alliterative. It's an English thing. I could hardly use Poochers, the summer stock Labrador. Uh, how about, um, oh, Poochers, the Pinaranian playhouse puppy. Jack, where are you going? Back to the costume shop. And the gym. The gym? I gotta lose weight if I'm gonna look like a Pinaranian. Summer stock playhouse 2015, starting in July. Please have your exciting old-time radio shows ready. The Sonic Society Season 10 is written and produced by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music provided by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society through Creative Commons licensing. The Sonic Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Somewhere in the lush pastures just outside the Mutual Audio Network building. We're staying away again in Medagaritaville. Lothar, give me the bottle. No. Now. No. Jack said we had to do this. For the AD community. Hey, Jan, we got your text. Hey, yeah, what's up? You said Brother Lothar needed us? Thanks, Jeff. Jack, uh... Yeah, Lothar. He's, well, really wasted. And he won't stop drinking. I think this one's gonna take all three of us. Well, I know he likes his cocktails, but isn't this a bit early, even for him? And why is he singing about Mad Dog 2020? Jan, what's this about? Lothar, overheard you talking about Mad Con 2020, and... He misheard. Wait. Are you saying that... Yeah. He thought you said there would be three days of Mad Dog 2020, not three days of Mad Con in 2020. And he's like been drinking that swill ever since. Getting out in the rain. Oh, let me talk to him. Thanks. I tried to tell him, but I think that stuff's already rotted what's left of his brain. Here, I'll take one for the team. <laughs> hey, brother. 
Hey, Jeff. You here for some Mad Dog 2020? Um, yeah, but uh, they were out at the store. Can I have a swig off yours? Of course, brother. Lothar, you shouldn't be drinking that. I'm not. <laughs> Jeff is. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, look, you heard us talking about Mad Dash Con 2020, not Mad Dog 2020. Uh, what's your bucket? Oh, 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 this stuff is almost as bad as Ripple. Mad Dash Con, the modern audio drama convention. It's the first convention of its kind, and it'll occur in 2020. A convention? Yes, yes. Producers, directors, writers, editors, composers, actors, and, and fans of audio drama are going to come from all over to Halifax, Nova Scotia for the weekend of July 24th to the 26th of 2020. We have all sorts of things scheduled. We have recording sessions and workshops, panels, and the opportunity for folks, fans, and creators alike to meet in person. www.mad-con.com. That's mad-con.com has all the details, including how to register. That's, that's a really cool idea, man. Oh, that's much better than drinking this stuff. Oh... God, I've only had three sips, and I'm not sure I can feel my face. Oh, Come on, honey, let's get you back inside. Thanks, guys. No problem, Lady Jan. We're not going to let him live this one down anytime soon, are we? Oh, I should think not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember to listen and drink responsibly, listeners. Mad Dash Con 2020. Not to be confused with any kind of fortified wine. Oh. Yeah! 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 Yeah!